I'm going to use number four. Is that one going to work? Boom. That's my little brother going, woo. We're going to open our Bibles up to Acts chapter 2, I believe. Yes, Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1. No, we're going to start in verse 15, go to verse 17, skip a couple, and then go to 21 through 26. And I don't know if it was verbally said, children are dismissed to Sunday school. Did did somebody say that? Yeah, somebody did. Luis, glad you're here. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. Together, the crowd numbered about 120 people. Peter said, friends, the scriptures had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit through David foretold concerning Judas, who became a guide for those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. So one of the men who have accompanied us throughout the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these must become a witness with us to his resurrection. So they proposed two. Joseph called Barsabbas, who is also known as Justice and Matthias, Then they prayed and said, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go his own place. And they cast lots for them. And the lot fell on Matthias. And he was added to the the, the 11 apostles. And in this tradition, I say, this is the word of the Lord, and you respond, thanks be to God. I was a track and cross-country runner back in the day, and I used to be skinny, and I used to be quick. I was actually pretty good. I was uh, long distance. And my cross-country coach was a little on the crazy side. He would do this every once in a while, and he called them adventure runs. And he would drive us out in his car, and I went to Villa Park High School, so he would drive out around there, like in Orange or up in Anaheim Hills, or he'd drive out, and he'd, he'd often get a couple, like, parents to help, like, drive in vans. And then he would drop us, and we would try and find our way back. And it was crazy. <laughs> I remember one time, he dri- he, we were driving out the 91, and we're, we're almost to Green River. I, I don't know if you know where that is, but that's pretty far from Villa Park High School. And it's on the other side of some mountains. So, and he drops the whole team off, and he says, go for it. And I remember thinking, and it was before cell phones. And if I had a cell phone, I would have said, I, I, that, it's, it's about time to call. It's about, I'm not running that. We, first, we illegally climbed some fences, and we ran straight through the Irvine, whatever that place is called, like Irvine, they own 
the Irvine family owns like half of the world. But I'm running through these mountains. I got lost and ended up over in Chapman Park, which is on the other side. I ended up running, my coach guessed, about 17 miles. So it was supposed to be like 11 to 13. He was, a, he was really in the distance. Uh, I don't know, we're racing three. I don't get it. Uh, but I liken that experience right when I'm dropped off to the apostles at this moment. The Alpha and the Omega, Jesus the Christ, just walked around and did some miracles, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven. Right before that, he says, you guys wait around for some power. But also, get busy. Start doing something. Throws the keys to Peter. Floats up. If I'm in Peter's position, I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what do I do? What should I do? You didn't train me for this. I think this, is, this scripture is one of the greatest texts to tell us what to do in those in-between times. What do we do when we just experience something larger than we can explain? And we're in between. My little brother, he just graduated from college a couple weekends ago. I remember when I graduated college. Now what? There's people in this room that have battled cancer, won. Now what? Have you ever been in a place where you're called from something, but you don't know what it's to? You don't know which end is up. Have you ever been scared? Have you ever been confused? Have you ever been, why God, what? What am I supposed to do now? There's a major temptation in these moments when you're faced with these things. Something big has hit you or you've just walked through something big to just call home, just dial it in, just sit down and say, I'm not doing nothing. I'm tempted to just... I. I didn't know it would be like this. This is crazy. I have no idea what's around this corner. I'm going to sit and just, I'm going to send up the road flare and just say, hey, somebody come get me. Somebody pick me out of this mess. This is, this is junk. Peter and the apostles, they give us a road map. What do you do in the in-between times? And it doesn't have to be huge. It could be your, your son coming from nine, nine under, going to the championship Little League. What do we do next? Money. Boom. You win. Yeah, you crushed the competition. No, that's not in the Bible. <laughs> Peter. Peter. <laughs> That'd be funny if it was, though. You win at all costs. What? Okay. Uh, no. You look, look at these verses. Look at what Peter does. He goes to Scripture. 
he goes to the Old Testament. And he says, I remember reading David talking about this. David said there was going to be a betrayer. David also said, we're supposed to replace him. What do you do when you're confused on where you should do it your whole life? What should you do after a big storm? What should you do in the in-between times? Go to scripture. Spend time in God's word. Look for answers from the people who have been going through this for thousands and thousands of years. What's he do next? He says, a replacement, it's got some criteria. We need to replace somebody. We need to replace Judas. The person we need to replace him with has to have seen Jesus. Has to have seen Jesus baptized. Has to have seen Jesus walk on water. Has to have seen Jesus raise people from the dead. Has to have seen him feed 5,000 people when they were hungry. They have to have seen Jesus. They have to have seen, and then he adds to it, they have to have seen the resurrected Lord. They have to have seen the King of Kings The Lord of Lords, not only the humble servant, but the God of the universe that made the trees, that said, death has no sting, I can walk straight through it. The person that has to replace Jesus has to have seen the Jesus, has to have seen the risen Lord. How does that relate to us? When the storms hit, go to the resurrection. N.T. Wright has an awesome quote about this. I think I wrote it down. Hopefully I did. Of course I used glue. Right here. N.T. Wright, you know him? Awesome. If you don't know him, you should get to know him. He wrote a commentary that on the Bible. It's just ridiculous. He used to be the Archbishop of, of uh, the Anglican Church over in England. Now it just cruises around and blows people's minds. But here, this is what he says. It shows that the primary apostolic task was to bear witness to the resurrection of Jesus himself. As we shall see in the book of Acts, I added that. If you take that away from Acts, you are left with nothing. The resurrection defines the church. From that day... To this, the church is either the movement which announces God's new creation or it's just another irrelevant sect. I'll repeat that. The church is either the movement which announces God's new creation or it's just another irrelevant sect. We follow Peter's example and we follow Peter's words. When the, when, the, when the stuff hits the fan and things get difficult, we go back to the truth that our identity is found on that day 2,000 years ago when Jesus rose from the dead and brought us with him. We are a resurrection people. We are an Easter people. We are a people above this world, yet in it. We are new creations. And the day we forget that is the day we become irrelevant and another irrelevant sect. 
You are a new creation. I'd like to add, at this point, when, this, when it gets rough and there's something big that's happened, I'm always tempted to go to my friends. I'm always tempted to go to the people around me and say, what do you think of me? What do you think I should do? What do you think of blah, 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 blah? Go to God himself. He's the one with the answers. He's the one that defines you. He's the one that makes you into a resurrected person. He's the one who makes you into a new creation. He is the one, if you say, I follow him, if I stand with you, what could stand against us? What could stand against? Absolutely nothing is the answer to that question. You're a resurrected person. And Peter, he doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know which end is up. And he says, first, let's go to scripture. And then he says, let's go remind ourselves, we are a resurrected people. We are new creations. We are no longer sinners. We are saints who have trouble with sin. And then he does the last thing. And I love this last thing. He prays. And notice, I'm reading this book called... uh, it's by Lauren Winter, one of my favorite authors. And it's Wearing God. That's what it is. And it's a book about exploring names of God that we have yet to focus on. And here's one of them. He, 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 he prays and he opens his prayers and he says this. What does he say? He says, Cure cardiagnosto. Pantone. It's the only, second year Greek is the only class I got in undergrad in A+. I can't pronounce it still, but I know Greek. People think I'm kind of stupid because I tell stupid stories. But I'm kind of smart. Listen to this. Lord. Translated, everybody's heart knower. That's who he prays to. He falls to his knees when he says, Lord, you know everybody's heart. I hand it to you. What do we do when we're confused, when we're right in between? We go to Scripture. We go to our resurrection identity and we fall to our knees and know and know that God knows our heart and everyone around us heart. He is everyone's heart knower. He has everything. He has all things at the, at the disposal of his fingertips. He is the alpha and the omega. And we fall on our knees and we hand it to him and he can take it all. That's one of the main reasons we go through these trials and tribulations. I'm firmly convinced of it. I think that all these in-between times are actually a call. A call to get closer to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. It's a call to bring our Christianity to a new level. To hand over the keys yet again and say, I can't do this anymore. I can't. This is too big. Of course it's too big. But who is it not too big for? It's not too big for me, says Jesus. Jesus says, I can take it all. And I did take it all. I took it all and I walked straight up to the cross and I said, you got nothing on me. 
I have their, I have their identities in my hand and I'm going to walk straight through death and I'm going to raise again. And I'm not only going to raise again for me, I'm going to raise again for everybody in this room and all over the world of all time. And I'm going to say, these people are now new creation, washed in my blood, and they can go, they can go, they can go. And every single time we hit a storm, every time we're in in between time, we need to still our hearts. And we need to look in our Bibles. We as a staff, we went through this book called Next. It was written by some guy in Willow Creek a million member church that is joining, you know, like it brings on 10,000 members every day or something like that. They're pretty amazing. But they did this survey and they said the number one determining factor between Christ-centered people and church-centered people. And church-centered people, the survey shows It's a dead-end road. The more you go to church and don't have Christ, the less likely you are going to have a faith in five to ten years. If you don't get to the next level and you're following after Jesus instead of just coming to church, it's pointless. It's actually, it's it's a step in the negative direction. And he said the number one determining factor of this, ne- this next book, the, all their stuff, and he said the difference between a church-centered person and a Christ-centered person is the Christ-centered person opens their Bible on a day other than Sunday. It's that simple. It's that simple, people. Open your Bibles. Just open them. Maybe, maybe it's back. Remember when you were a little kid and you were studying for a test and you'd say, I'm just going to sleep on the book. You just open it up and put the book on your face. Did anybody else do that? I did that. I was trying to get A's, and that's why I didn't. But maybe it's that simple. Maybe that way you'll remember to read it in the morning. When you're going to sleep, just put it open and fall asleep on it. You'll probably get a horrible neck ache. Don't follow that advice. But somehow open your Bible other than on Sunday. And the time is today. The time is yesterday. The time is now. Whatever you fill in the blank, get doing it. Start reading your scriptures. And then remind yourself, you aren't defined by the people around you. You are defined by the God who loves you and sent his son to die for you. You are a new creation. There's this band out there called King and Country. Have you seen that band? They're kind of cool. I I like them. But one of the songs is, You Matter. To the God who set the sun ablaze, you matter. Stand and feel your worth. Hide in the resurrection. Take these opportunities, these in-between times to draw close to the God who sent his son. Seek the face of Jesus. And then pray. Pray to the... I know a lot of times the waters seem turbulent and you don't know if justice is ever going to prevail and you don't know if things are going to work out. You put it into God's hands. He knows. He knows your heart. He knows everyone around you heart. 
He knows everyone's heart. God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for Peter's words to us specifically this morning. I pray that you would draw us unto your your holy word, your Bible. I pray that in these in-between times, we would seek our identity in you. And may we be a people that pray without ceasing, that talk to you constantly. Amen.